pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. For all of you that are going through your Christmas cards and getting ready for the Christmas holiday or Hanukkah, it's not like that for everyone. For many people, resentments of the year seem to boil over at Christmas. I don't really understand why, but I know there's a huge uptick in crime every holiday. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It's one thing for anger to boil over and you have an argument. It's another thing for anger to boil over to resentments that you have festered, come to the surface and result in a mass murder. Take a listen to this. Grapevine 911, where is your emergency? Hello, Grapevine 911. You need help? Are you sick? What was that? Do you need an ambulance or police? Hello? One moment. I'm just getting heavy breathing on the phone and I'm trying to talk to myself. Please send the A heavy breather? The heavy breather was trying to save his life in the midst of a mass shooting at Christmas. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. Thank you for being with us. Let me introduce to you an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon and star of the hit new series Poisonous Liaisons on the True Crime Network. Dr. Bethany Marshall joining us from L.A. You can find her at DrBethanyMarshall.com. Ashley Wilcott, judge, trial lawyer, anchor court TV. Joining us, special guest, Mashi Mojdahi, 
Also, Captain Todd Deering, Captain of Criminal Investigations at the Grapevine PD, Allison Jones, a very dear friend to the players in this case. You just heard that 911 call, and I've just got to start off at the very beginning. I mean, Joe Scott Morgan, why would a dispatcher say, I got a heavy breather? The guy is clearly saying a shooting. I could hear him say that. Isn't she trained to listen for words just like a shooting? Yeah, yeah, they are, Nancy. But, you know, <laughs> in a 9-11 center, in this communication centers from all over the country, you never know what's going to be on the other end of the line. And sometimes they hear the absolute worst of the worst, and they have to tune their ear in uh, many times to try to pick up on even the slightest little inflections. Remember, Nancy, the people that are calling in, they do not call in to let you know that their kid is on the honor roll or they just won the lottery. This is the most horrible things you can possibly imagine, and they're the first point of contact. Now, of course, if the 911 dispatcher had been listening carefully, she would have thought it was a victim calling in to report a shooting was taking place. Take a listen to the 911 call again. Grapevine 911, where is your emergency? Hello, Grapevine 911. You need help? Are you sick? What was that? Do you need an ambulance or police? Hello? One moment. I'm just getting heavy breathing on the phone and I need time to talk to you, so please send it over. Just getting heavy breathing on the phone. If she had listened carefully, could lives have been saved? That's an answer we'll never know. Take a listen to Amber Fisher, NECN. Around 11.30 Christmas morning, Grapevine police received an open line 911 call. We made repeated attempts to try to get a hold of somebody. No one responded. Straight out to Captain Todd Deering, Captain Criminal Investigations there in Grapevine. Captain Deering, again, thank you for being with us. When you get a 911 call and you can't make out what's happening, what is SOP, Standard Operating Procedure? What do you do? Well, for starters, you're listening to a recording um, that you have mm-hmm. where the audio from the other end is being amped up. Whenever we receive the first phone calls, um, the, the, what the dispatcher was hearing was much softer than what you're hearing mm. on that particular recording. Mm-hmm. So all she could hear was the, um, the voice or the heavy breathing in the background. And she had the intuition on this particular point of pushing it further and starting people that direction. Whenever they do get 911 calls like this, they also try to call back and try to find out, you know, is there a real emergency? Was it an inadvertent phone call? Um, you know, things like that to see what is actually needed. And so whenever she called back, there wasn't any responses. So you're telling me don't be quite so hard on her because I'm hearing it enhanced. And yes, she, she would not have heard it that job. way. Okay. It was her now, first responder intuition that said, you know what, something's wrong. We need to send somebody out there. She did a phenomenal job in this particular case. I'm always willing to be told I've got it bass backwards, and you're <laughs> absolutely correct, Captain. See, I thought she's hearing what I'm hearing, but you're telling me that 
this is enhanced that she didn't hear it that way, but yes. acting on a, a feeling, what did she do? Uh, she started sending units that direction, and that's why when we first the officers first got there, they you know it's a nine on one hang up call. We go and knock on the door, try to find out if someone is answering. And it's when they got there, no one came to the door. They started looking, peeking through the windows. As a matter of fact, Captain, your response time was incredible, right? We were there within a few minutes. It was dispatched as soon as they received the phone call, and we were there within a couple of minutes. So I believe you got the call around 1136, and you dispatched officers to the scene at 1137. That's correct. Straight out to Allison Jones joining us. Allison, I believe this family, um, they were friends of yours, right? Yes, they were. I grew up um, living three houses down from them um, my whole childhood. And you were best friends with Nona, I think. Yes, we spent, uh, we drove to school together every day our junior and senior year of high school. You know what, you're bringing back all kind of memories because... um, I grew up Mm -hmm. out in the middle of soybean fields and pine trees, and we did not farm, but we were in the middle of farmland, and the family that worked the farm near us had a son my age, and we would ride to school together every single day, and I still Mm -hmm. remember that, Um, and we're still friends today. When you see somebody every single day, morning and afternoon, you have a bond. So you and Nona rode back and forth to school every day of junior and senior high, right? Yes. So just to give a little background, I um, I joined that school my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. and I had grown up in the neighborhood with Nona. And when I was transferring to go to Colleyville Heritage High School, I reached out to Nona, and we rekindled our like elementary school <laughs> friendship. And she was my person in high school because I knew no one in this big, giant school. I hadn't had a boy in my class since the fourth grade. And all of a sudden, I'm going to this massive high school. And she was my person that got me through every day. And so mm-hmm. I would, when, when I was going to the school, we decided to carpool together. And we had one class together. And she would tell me who everyone was in the high school and all their drama. She <laughs> kept me informed with everyone. And, um, you know, every morning we drove, we got Chick-fil-A for breakfast, and then we went to school together, and we met back up in the parking lot in the afternoon and drove home. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Ever wolfed down a Big Mac and thought, I could use some extra cash? Mm -hmm. Meet Drop, the ultimate rewards app. Earn free gift cards for getting your daily coffee or late night drive through effortlessly. Just link a card, shop, and watch rewards stack. With Drop, it's like getting paid to indulge. Download Drop now and start earning. Use the code DROP22 for $5 in points instantly. (laughs) 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about this beautiful family that lived there in the Grapevine area and what unfolds for them at Christmas is not a Christmas fairy tale, but a Christmas horror story. And I'm speaking right now to the best friend of Nona, uh, Yazidipana, and I'm hearing so much about her, and it's bringing her to life for me. Allison, um, you said that she, you know, as you went to this new school, you knew nobody but her. She's like a lifeline to you. She'd tell you who everybody was and all their drama. You would describe her as your best friend at that time, right? Yes, at that time, for sure, she was my best friend. Now, I understand the family broke up. Yes. Well, there was a lot of, um, from what I understood, the the parents were in arranged marriage, and um, as the kids were getting older, the mom was becoming a little more independent, is what I gathered. And um, so eventually the mom moved out. And that was probably, that probably happened the end of our junior year, going into our senior year of high school. When you say arranged um, marriage, what do you mean? From my understanding, they didn't pick each other, I guess. (laughs) Where were they from? They were from Iraq or Iran. Iran, Iran, I'm sorry, Iran. They were from Iran. And Nona was then a product of an arranged marriage? That was my understanding, yes. Okay. And... What did Nona think about that, or did she just accept it as normal? She says it as normal, and from my understanding, we didn't really talk about her family life very much. Um, we talked more about our personal lives going on and yeah. um, her relationships. But um, she, from my understanding, everything was fine at home. Um, they were as happy as one can be. Um, you know, like the few times I went over for dinner, her mom made an amazing dinner and everything seemed normal inside the, um, but as we, as she grew up and started dating, that's when turmoil, in my opinion, started to happen in the family life. When the daughter mm-hmm. started, grew up and started, started dating, Nona, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what kind of turmoil surrounded Nona going out? Um, they didn't want her dating. Uh, her dad had strict rules on that. And um, when they found out she was dating um, someone that was not of their culture, they were very upset. And um, that's what Nona had told me, that that's why she had to keep her boyfriend a secret, because her parents would not be happy that he was Hispanic. And um, so I kind of, at the time, helped her in that aspect. Looking back at it now, I wish I had understood it more. Um but, yeah, she was always trying to hide her boyfriend from them and would ask me to give her rides to see him and things like that. They wouldn't let her have a car because they didn't want her to drive wherever she wanted to go. Um, they would they had strict rules on her phone. They would track a lot of stuff on her phone. Um, sometimes her when her dad would drop her off at work, he would stay in the parking lot um, to make sure she wasn't leaving and things like that. You said that the mom ultimately left the dad and I believe moved Mm -hmm. to an apartment near the high school where you attended? Yes. Joining me also, in addition to Allison Jones, best friends with Nona, 
is Mashi Mojdahi. Mashi, you were friends with Fatima? Well, I was friends with Zore, which um, actually I was friends with both of them. Ah. But uh, Zore was my best friend, the sister. And I should mention that uh, the two sisters married two cousins. So those two guys were cousins. The one did the, uh, the, you know, did the crime and then Zora's husband, they were cousins. Wow. So uh, that's what that uh, arrangement came. I was listening to Alison. And um, um, so Zora and her husband, they lived in U.S. for 40 years. And then uh, Aziz, Yazampana, he was living here too. And then when he was ready to marry it, he asked them if he, you know, uh, he can marry a Nasrin, Fatima, you know. So that's how it started. But I want to mention something here, Nancy. Yes. The reason she moved out from um, the house and went to the apartment, because their house was going for foreclosure. Mm. She didn't want that happen in front of her kids. That's why she went to Grapevine to be closer to their high school. When she moved, did she take the husband with her? No, he didn't want to go. He was he stayed in the house, but she knew pretty you know pretty soon the house is going to bank is going to take over, and she didn't want you know while they are in the house, you know somebody come and tell them to move. So she did it for the sake of her children. Did the but, children move with her? Yes, yes. So, three, of them, three of them, yeah. And he would go and visit them. And um, so, and I should say that, I mean, he loved her kids. And these are his blood children, correct? Yes, yes. We were yes. talking about Aziz Bob Yazdapana stay behind in the home while his wife and children move to an apartment near the high school. Now, that is an unusual uh, decision because there is no way in H-E-double-L, Dr. Bethany, if I have strength in my bones, that I would be separated from my children. Nancy, you would never be separated from your children, but the fact that the mother moved out in a protective stance with the children mm-hmm. to protect them from the realities of uh, the foreclosure. But the father stayed behind, begins to give us insight into the father's personality, somebody who's very stubborn, perhaps mm-hmm. somebody who is not dealing in reality, somebody who's willing to be separated from his children. And somebody who maybe even is beginning to become destabilized in some way by the unraveling finances and the unraveling family ties. I would wonder how well this guy was psychologically. Who was he? How did he function in his family life? You know, what was the precursor to staying in a home that's going to be basically taken out from under him? Let's go back to Mashi. Mashi, Tell me about him, uh, Aziz Bob Yazdapina. Tell me about yeah. his personality. Well, he really loved his kids and family when his finances was okay. He had his own business and everything. And after September 11, it went down, you know, his business went down. And then he 
uh, just became a different person. What was know? his business? He, a, he had uh, in mortgage business, you know, home improvement business. You know, he was involved in so many of them. And then, uh, and he was making good money. So he told his wife not to work. She was working you know, as a uh, nail artist and in one of the spa. And so she listened to him because he was bringing good money and he was providing them good. So she didn't work. And then after the business, his business wasn't doing good. She had to, I mean, they really financially, they were hurting. So she had to go back to work and he didn't like that. And, but she had to provide for her kids. You know. Uh-oh, I, I hear trouble brewing in this, in this case. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Tired of boring lunches? Picture this. You're at Chipotle ordering the same old burrito bowl. But wait, there's more excitement in store than just guac. Introducing Drop, the ultimate rewards app. Just link your card, dine at your favorite restaurants, and you'll earn points to get free gift cards from tons of brands. It's like getting paid to eat. Hungry for savings? Download the Drop app now and use code DROP44 to kickstart your rewards journey with $5 in points. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You have, in this case, a family that is torn apart for many different reasons. But we hear that it all starts with a financial problem when I see Bob Yazdepinaz's business fails. Back to Mashi. Mashi. Why did his business fail? It's a mortgage business. It's there in Grapevine, far away from where 911 happened. So why did his business fail? Well, it was after uh, September 11, Nancy. Right. You know, so, t- yeah, things weren't good. So he just, uh, for five, six years, he didn't really work before the m- happened. Uh, um, he didn't really work. He wasn't really willing to work. And that's what. Uh, yeah. and and her family they were helping their you know she was helping her sister because she knew she had two kids and uh, Aziz wasn't really willing to work and uh, so I don't know I feel like something happened to him in his mind because it, he didn't want anybody's help and one of their big issue was um they really didn't want to discuss it. They didn't want to get any help with professional and, you know, to just find them a way. And they kept everything to themselves. And, uh, I mean, later on when we find out how, you know, they really had a difficulties, financial difficulties, we were all upset because we could help them. 
You know, that's an interesting point. Let me go back to Allison Jones, best friends with Nona. Did Nona ever let on or did she even know that they were in financial trouble? No, she never had. She never told me anything about that. I mean, we ate Chick-fil-A for breakfast every morning and she paid just fine every morning. She never said anything like that. Um, She did work and she worked a lot. Where did she work? Um, When we first, uh, she worked at... at a gelato place at first, yeah. and then she ended up working at Sam's Club. Um, and I think she was working, like, in the Verizon Wireless Department at Sam's Club. We both had um, co-op together in high school where you have early release to go to work, and she she worked um, really hard at Sam's. You know, I want to go back to Captain Todd Deering joining me, Captain of Criminal Investigations there in Grapevine with the PD. Captain Deering, have you ever heard the phrase, the idle mind is the devil's workshop? I have. I heard that from my grandmother ever since I grew up. And I can remember one time um, my husband was between a job. He had two weeks till he started his new job. Every day. We, we were long distance. I was in, in New York. He was in Atlanta. Every day. I'm like, what are you doing today? Because I really believe when you're sitting around, you get into trouble. Yes, I've heard that phrase before. My grandmother used to say <laughs> using the same thing with idle hands instead of idle minds. Yes, the devil's workshop. Because you're not, your mind isn't busy. How many times, Captain, have you seen violence erupt because everybody's sitting around the house all day playing video games and watching TV? You know, familiarity breeds contempt. We've had plenty of cases of those over the years where people, you know, are together too much and therefore domestics do erupt from things like that. Guys, I want to go to Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com, investigative reporter. So what do we know up to this 911 call where we think it's a crime victim calling in? Yeah, Nancy, so this is in Grapevine, Texas. It's a suburb situated between Dallas and Fort Worth. And this call came in at 11.30 a.m. And then the dispatcher sent police officers to the apartment complex. It was the Lincoln Vineyard's apartment complex nancy and that's where this family was living and just to shine a little more light on why they moved to this apartment complex so the father aziz was living in their home and the electricity had been shut off there was no running water and it was about to be foreclosed on he was in financial trouble they were living in this apartment complex and apparently he was not welcome there because according to friends of the family he would travel and invite prostitutes to his Mm -hmm. hotel room so there was a lot of animosity okay wait 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 (laughs) so the man wouldn't work to pay the house note but he could afford hookers did i just hear this he was selling while his his wife was working two jobs wait was that mashy jumping in what did you say mashy well uh he was selling this stuff his furniture, Persian rugs, and stuff like that. Selling their stuff. Selling. Well, yeah, you know you what? Know, like, I would think you'd put that on the house note or pay the electricity or the water bill so your children <laughs> would have a home, not on high-priced absolutely. hookers. I did not see yeah. that curveball coming. Yes. Did your the honor. wife know, Mashy? Well, she was living in an apartment, and she bought everything for with help of her sister. She bought the furniture and everything just basic things for the apartment. And then she left everything there. She didn't really want to take anything. 
because she didn't want to make him angry. So he starts selling Persian rugs, furniture. Wait, so, wait, wait, let know. me understand something. Okay. Uh-huh. Hold on. Okay. Dr. Bethany Martin. Don't worry, Joe Scott. I'm getting to you. Hold on. Dr. Bethany, if David has something that I want, I just take it. I don't even think about it. And if he dares to say, where is my ex? I say, I gave birth. Okay. That that ends it right there. <laughs> so do you hear this lady was afraid to take a rug or a, a chair or anything from the home? And she's the one that the children are going to live with her in an apartment near the high school. So Nona could get back and forth to high school better. And she was worried about taking a rug or a bed or a chair. I mean, I'd sleep on the floor, but I'd want my twins to have a bed. Nancy, I'm hearing a perfect storm of bad personality characteristics on the part of this so-called dad and husband. He's staying in a house that's, that's about to be foreclosed upon. He doesn't allow his wife or children to take any of the furniture so that they can reestablish themselves independently. This guy thinks that he can control everything. He can control mm-hmm. the bank. He can control uh, the mortgage company. He can control the police when they come knock on his door. He can control his wife by depriving her of the things she needs to to live freely and independently from him. So when somebody else, so when somebody like this guy loses control, it's not pretty, right. Nancy. No, it's not. Take a listen to Amber Fisher at NECN. We made repeated attempts to try to get a hold of somebody, and no one responded. We made entry into this, the apartment and discovered uh, seven uh, victims inside the apartment, uh, all deceased. The bodies of four females and three males were found in the kitchen, appearing to have died from gunshot wounds. It looks like, you know, all uh, relatives of each other, uh, you know, probably here to celebrate Christmas. Police found two guns inside the apartment. Two guns inside the apartment. Mass shooting, seven victims, straight out to Captain Todd Deering. What happened that day, Captain? Um, once our officers arrived, like I said, like uh, you could hear in the recording, that uh, they knocked on the door, tried to get someone to come to the door. Obviously, when they couldn't get it, they started looking around the perimeter. It's a, it, was a ground, it was a ground floor apartment. It had an upstairs. There's a stairwell inside the apartment to bedrooms upstairs. And they peeked in the window to see if there was anything going on inside. And through the crack of the window, they could see uh, individuals deceased in various places within in the ground floor of the apartment right there. So entry was forced. Um, they secured the scene and then called out investigators and crime scene investigators to start working the case. Captain, did you see the crime scene? Yes, I was there. I was there all day. You know, Captain Deering, I've seen a lot of homicide scenes, but I've never seen um, seven dead bodies on Christmas at Christmas. It was definitely a first for us, too. We've never had a situation or an event with uh, that many people deceased in one place before or and since. And then, of course, Christmas Day made it... Uh, particularly uh, memorable memorable for us uh, over the years. Um, it, it stands out in everybody's memory of anybody who was there. The 
following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Ever tried to tackle a home improvement project without making 10 trips to Home Depot? What if I told you there's a way to earn cash back while you shop? Introducing Drop, the ultimate rewards app. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards by shopping in-store or online at Home Depot and tons of other stores. Download the Drop app today and use code DROP33 to get an instant $5 in points. That's Drop, your go-to for shopping rewards. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about Christmas anger, resentment, boiling over on Christmas Day at a family gathering, leaving seven dead people on the floor around that Christmas tree. Take a listen to Ben Russell, MSNBC. There is no known motive, at least as one that police are telling us about. There is also no outward sign of the horrible tragedy that unplayed right through this sliding glass and door uh, frame here of this apartment complex in Grapevine. Again, you described as a suburb of Fort Worth and Dallas uh, here in greater North Texas. Uh, Here is what we do know at this point. No one heard any of the gunshots that were fired inside of this home. Someone from inside of the home called 911 around 1130 yesterday morning. But that person did not speak into the phone. An operator then sent police, Grapevine, Texas police, here to the scene to go and investigate. And they found the scene that we've been talking about now. We also have information that the suspected shooter in this case, a middle-aged man, may have been dressed as Santa Claus. Though Grapevine police have not confirmed that information for us at this point this morning. The seven victims are all reportedly related. Again, four women and three men between the ages of 15 and 58 years old. They were all found inside of this apartment, though we're told not all of them lived here at this apartment. Allison, when did you find out that your little best friend in junior, senior high was murdered by her dad dressed as Santa? Well, what, shortly after um, 1130, so it was probably, I don't know, 1145 noon around then, we were having Christmas at our house. And all of a sudden, we look outside, and there's several police cars in front of our house. Um, they were parking, you know, a few houses down from where the dad had been squatting. And um, so we went outside, and uh, the police officer said that that their house, their seven people were murdered, and it was in connection with that house. And the first thing I said was, I know who exactly those seven people are. And um, I said... Nona and her brother Ali and her mom and her dad and her aunt and her uncle and her cousin. Um, and that's kind of how it all unfolded for me. To Mashi Mosdahi, tell me when you learned about your best friend's death. Well, the night before, uh, Zore and uh, her husband, they had a ranch. And uh, so we, for Christmas Eve, we had like 75 people, you know, friends. We were gathering and 
celebrating the Christmas. And uh, at uh, 12 o'clock, Nona came to me and she said, Aunt Mashi, uh, my daddy just texted me and uh, he said he has a surprise for me in the morning. And I said, oh, maybe he's going to give you a car because she just graduated from high school. And so she was kind of excited to see what the surprise was. And then when I heard it, (laughs) I didn't know that. I just, I just couldn't believe it. You know, it was, we were all devastated. We just couldn't believe that happened. The next day when we find out, it was just horrible. I still, I mean, when Christmas time comes, I, I, it's hard for me to celebrate because I just think about this family. They were wonderful people. I mean, Zora and her husband, if you people live in Dallas, if you ask them, how do you think about them? They were just always helping people. They were wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, her sister was such a peacemaker. That's why, you know, back to that, stuff I said, you know, the furniture and everything, she didn't really want to make Aziz angry. So she just, her, with help of her sister, she decided to just buy the basic things for her apartment. She was a very quiet, very super kind lady. She never, you know, she was a peacemaker. She just didn't want to, anything happened to her kids, her family. She was a really a wonderful mom. And, um, always protecting her kids and everything. So when he sees her coming out of this arranged marriage, even though he's not working, he's hiring prostitutes by selling their rugs and their furniture, he can't stand that she is making a new life for herself all Mm -hmm. on her own. Is that what you think happened, Mashi? Well, uh, she really, she never really went for divorce. She never went to an attorney, you know, because she just thought if she just move out, you know, her kids going to be um, more safer and everything. And uh, so she really, they never got divorced or anything. So it wasn't like her ex-husband. It was, you know, they were still married and everything. To Joseph Scott Morgan joining us, Joe Scott, um, you know, we hear that 911 call. We think it's a victim inside the home. It's not. It's the shooter. Yeah, that that makes it all the more striking, uh, particularly compared to uh, when you now retrospectively, when you look back and see what he had perpetrated and what he had borne witness to. Uh, you know, there there's no... There, it's very, very hard to kind of understand where his mind was. But, you know, when the police showed up at the scene, I, I've been on many mass shootings uh, over the course of my career in New Orleans and Atlanta. And I can tell you that the horror that he saw, the police, it's amplified for them because, you know, you talk about the concentration of bodies that they have. First off, they don't know who anybody is when you walk in to an environment like this. And this is an absolute, trust me, this is an absolute bloodbath. Nobody has, you know, you think about a lady might be carrying a pocketbook, a purse, uh, a man might be carrying a wallet. Everybody's guards down at this point. You you don't, you have no, uh, no idea how to identify these people. And then you go to this point of, of how do we process the scene one by one? 
And hmm. all the while, this is all unfolding before you because you don't know where this guy is to begin with at this point. When you're out on scene, you're the point of contact relative to this. So you're having to work this case uh, as if it's going to be prosecutable and that this person is still in the, uh, still out there somewhere and he might be perpetrating again. Uh, you've got someone that is inclined to take the lives of all of these people in a very, very small space, Nancy. We're talking about an apartment, okay? It's not like a, a mansion or something. And so it just it doubles down on this idea of terror, and particularly at Christmas time. Um, and I can understand why the captain specifically mentioned this, particularly in Grapevine, that this is going to haunt them for years and years to come, and every individual that's out on that scene will remember this forever. Back out to Captain Todd Deering. What do you remember? What went through your mind when you went into that scene? Uh, one of the things that, and one of the points that we've always had over the years, is that it particularly wasn't a gruesome scene. It was just a uh, you know a mass casualty scene, which was uh, impactful on everybody there. Most of us had never seen that many people, and you know, of course, in that small small amount of space. Uh, we did have a few officers over time that, uh, you know, sought help because it was, you know, it was a fairly significant point in their careers, especially the younger ones uh, that had just started, had been with the police department for just a couple of years. And so this was all brand new to them. Um, you know, at that time, I'd been, you know, in law enforcement 20 years and, you know, learned how to deal with these kind of things. But some of our newer people actually had difficulties with that. And so, you know, got them help over the years to get through those kind of things because it does make an impact on the police officers who are working the scenes, too. And especially on a holiday like that, we were most of us were home with our families and uh, we had to leave our families to go to something like this. So, Allison, when you look back on that Christmas day and your friendship with Nona, what do you think? What do you feel? I it's hard to put into words. Um, I definitely has affected my Christmases um, ever since because I think about her a little bit more every Christmas since then. Um, my parents, you know, they still lived three houses down from her house for a long time. They just moved out uh, last year from that neighborhood. And so every Christmas morning, I'd have to drive by her dad's old house. And for a long time, they, um, no one, the banks never... Um, sold it, it took a while for them to even come and fix it up. And so it just sat there as kind of a sore thumb in the neighborhood and as a reminder every day of what happened. Um, so it definitely brings a lot of sadness. I know if she were still here, she'd be doing big things. To Mashi, how has the death of your friends affected you? Mm-hmm affected all the friends, all the people that knew them. It's just not me, Nancy. I mean, it's, I just cannot tell you how wonderful they were, you know, her. And Nona's cousin, Sarah, she was going to medical school. She was a young kid with a lot of dreams and everything. I mean, that was unfair to her. That was unfair to her brother. That was unfair to all the family. He could have just killed himself. The levels here of promising the daughter a surprise the next morning. She thinks it's a car. It's two guns firing, showing up in a Santa suit after everything he had put the family through. 
all of this culminating on Christmas Day. If you or anyone are suffering at this time of the year, please dial toll-free 800-273-8255. Repeat, toll-free 800-273-8255. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Is getting gas at Chevron burning a hole in your wallet? Get the Drop app. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards just by filling up your tank. Download Drop now. Use code DROP77 to instantly receive $5 in points. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.